At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined today by Dwayne McFarland from Fantasy Life. Uh, author of the Utilization Report, one of the hosts of the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast, and uh, very excited to have Dwayne on the program today. We are going to tackle our five favorite best ball quarterback pass catcher stacks descending in order from price. So I did a uh, similar concept to this a couple weeks ago with Jacob Sanderson. We did our five favorite cheap running backs after pick 100. So we're uh, we're just trying to nail in on some player takes, but Dwayne, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, I've always loved your stuff, uh, you know, over the years and uh, had some good conversations with you on Twitter. So it's good. To, we've never really connected before, you know, on a show. So thanks for having me. Yeah, making an effort to get more just to get people that I, I like their content on the program kind of vary it up a little bit. I definitely have fallen into uh, just having Corrine on like twice a week and, and then <laughs> well that's we, not know, a bad person to have on like, no really not a bad far. person to get on but I, I like to get I like to get some different opinions instead of him and I arguing about the same thing you know I mean I think we've probably done about about four hours of Trey Lance discourse already this off season. so it's that's uh, how uh totally feel you that's how Ian Harditz and I get like by the time we get through like the preseason stuff it's like we just end up in like this mind meld state because we've hashed yep. everything out so much. It's just like, okay, we need like different perspectives. Yep. hundred percent. All right. So I will, uh, you're the guest here on this program. So I will let you go with your uh, cheapest of your five quarterback pass catcher stacks that you like. Oh, we're starting cheapest and then working our way up. Yeah. So like, I'll just say it like, I think this is a great topic because I think it's so much more than just I mean, a, a part of it is certainly like we like the quarterback and we like, you know, the the players that we can stack with them. But I think the other components, like I tried to think through, you know, um, is there a reasonable chance of landing the stack? Right. So I, yes. I wasn't going to put anything in there that was like, oh, God, like, hey, I love this one. And we're like, man, you can do that like one percent of the time. Right. So I left those out. Right. The next thing was really opportunity costs. Right. And then like, how does that potentially impact your structure? Um, you know, if you've got to spend a higher round pick on the quarterback and and then also just like looking at flat spots in the draft, like if you can make your quarterback, you're drafting and you really like them land in a spot where you're at a flat spot on a tier. Like, I like that because then it's like, okay, great. Like I'm picking a, you know, something I really like in a spot where I'm not sure, or I don't like other things. And then of course, like week 17, like comes in. And then lastly, like if there are ways to get unique and maybe you go a little bit different against ADP. I put a few of those in here as well, because I think uh, you, you had a really good tweet the other day that I retweeted, which was around uniqueness, right? And how much we, how much should we really be thinking more about that versus some of the other things that we're doing in best ball? So those were kind of the criteria like that I put this through. Um, so if we're going absolute, do you want true like bargain here, Davis? My, like, my I mean, number five, my number five, you can get with your 17, 18, if you want. That's how, that's how cheap my cheapest one was. Oh, wow. So you're really cheap. Okay. So, so you're, you're throwing in some of the stuff like, uh, you know, the, the bucks and commanders and some of these teams where the quarterbacks, you can almost get them with your yes. last pick every time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I looked at some of those as well. Um, but I think I might know where you're going. So I'm going to like, I'm going to let you have that one. I'm going to go a little bit more expensive, but like, I think these are still really good bargains. 
And for me, it's Jonathan Mingo. You can get in round 11, right, at, at wide receiver. And then Bryce Young, you can get at round 15, right? Now, if you want to add Thielen on, I usually don't. I think you can get Robert Woods is the same thing as Adam Thielen. You can get him in the last pick, you know, of your draft. So I have trouble clicking on Thielen. But when I look at Bryce Young, like the thing I love about him, like the things that our best quarterbacks in the NFL do, like they diagnose disguise coverages. Um, they can They can operate under pressure. They push the ball down the field, right? They're not check down guys. And then if you look at them in the scramble drill, right, their ability to create outside of structure, like Bryce, Jump, Bryce Young, you know, checks all of those boxes. Like his closest comp for me and my model was Joe Burrow uh, minus the size. So like I get it, folks, don't start screaming at me, you know, on Twitter about this. But yeah, Bryce Young might get hurt, but like as a quarterback, the way he sees the field, the way he operates, there's a lot of upside. And so the way I think about this one, if the Panthers offense somehow like just over you know did itself this year um in a division right that could be winnable like what would it look like and i think it would be bryce young having a great year which i think is totally possible but the receiver that would have to do it in my mind would be mingo like he would have to be the one to make it pop off and he didn't really score that highly in my uh, wide receiver supermodel over on fantasy life because he didn't earn a lot of targets in college but i will give the caveat that like there were a couple of names that stuck out in his comparison group and one of them was DK Metcalf, another guy that didn't earn a ton of you know targets in, in college, but had that athletic profile and other things that we like. So I feel that's, like that's the a upside chance. case for Mingo is is Metcalf. I mean, if you run yeah. if you run Sims for Mingo, you get a lot of very famous bus. You know, you get a lot of you get a lot of John Baldwin's yeah. uh, yep. you get, and and um, I think probably like five years ago, I would have been super in on Mingo. Um, I have not found myself taking a ton of him this year. I do. I like the, I do like the backdoor Bryce young. Actually, when I do it with him, I do it a lot with Chuba Hubbard though. I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, that's I, like Chuba. A de- I think it's a decent level correlation. Hubbard more likely to play on the passing downs probably, but uh, that's more of like a team level. Like if Bryce young is good, their secondary running back is just going to have more value than uh, anticipated. Uh, I, I, I actually like shark more for for uh for what he costs i i, I probably because kareem really likes mingo too i just his his college production profile is really poor but this athletic the the fact that he is a big guy who plays boundary wide receiver just made him so much more valuable in this year's nfl draft in a small cause, class because yeah. there was about there's about three boundary wide receivers who had draftable grades and he was one of them uh so my number five uh, a legitimately disgusting one but you can do this if you are if you are completely stuck this fits really well with a kelsey mahomes or lamar andrews or uh just anything where you have an expensive quarterback and an expensive tight end you can do you can have one quarterback and one tight end up to round 17 and 18 and then you can do mac jones and hunter henry or mac jones and mike gesicki obviously there was that report last week that gesicki is is just practicing with the wide receivers which makes sense that was really the way he's been used his entire NFL career. Sometimes he's had coaches that would give him targets. Sometimes he's had coaches that wouldn't give him targets. I, I've always been a little bit higher than the market on Gesicki, but the Henry, to me, I mean, I obviously I don't think he's going to win you Best Ball Mania 4 or the DraftKings Millionaire Maker, but that dude's probably going to play top five number of raw snaps amongst all tight ends in the NFL. I mean, he is just going to yeah. be out there. 70% route participation last year, which is like really good for having to compete yes. with someone like John o. Smith. Um, and I'm with you on Gasecki. My only question there is like, I don't know why they signed Juju and Gasecki. Like you kind of created this duplicative, you know, well, situation where you've got two guys that play inside. Like, are they going to push Juju, Juju to the boundary? You know, I don't know. But what I will say is Gasecki is also cheap. Right. So Gasecki and Henry, I like I like both of those. And I have some Mac Jones shares. So you're you're making me feel better. I, I think I think one of the I think one of the I, I said this to Crane the other day too. I think there's a chance that just uh the Patriots in 2021, top five offense by DBOA, Mac Jones was pretty good. They were a playoff team, you know, yada yada. Last year, they literally just don't have a, an offensive coordinator. They have two of the biggest jokes in NFL history, uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, you know, responsible for scheming and calling plays. Shouldn't be that surprising that they were really that terrible on offense. Um, you know, I think there's there's one of the outmoded ways of thinking in New England has just been that Bill Belichick can do things the way he's always done. Well, the NFL's changed around him. I think bringing in an offensive coordinator is really going to help. 
And, you know, if they're the 17th best offense in football, and also I'm totally out on Juju, even at wide receiver 50, like I, I really would not be surprised if Kosicki scores more fantasy points and half PPR than he does. Maybe in full PPR, Smith Schuster gets there on like 80 receptions or something, but Kosicki is going to score more touchdowns than him. So that is my truly gross vomit uh, backdoor one that you can always get. And I, I just think it's good. I think it's got ceiling. I think it's got floor and fills a onesie position late, which a lot of the times we're trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to tack on 17th and 18th round tight ends a lot. Yeah, I like it. Um, seeing more and more folks now though, it's getting it's getting harder at the end to get your tight end because now yes. all, everybody wants people to are, draft people are four. wise to it. People are wise to the Jake Ferguson's, yeah. to the Kasikis, to the yeah, they they definitely yeah. are. It's uh, funny, like you'll be trying to set up something late like that, and you're like, okay, like this will be easy. This is a total lock, right? right. It's my last pick, and like four picks before you, it's gone, and you look at their roster, and you're like, what the hell? Like, what's happening? One hundred percent. Uh, all right, let's go. What is your fourth uh so so descending in order of cheapness your your fourth favorite uh quarterback wide receiver stack yeah i you know i'm i'm really liking the broncos um this year and so i mean russell wilson you can get in round 11 sometimes round 12 like he's a guy you can often let slide by you you know even at adp you kind of got to look at the teams behind you see if they have any broncos or anything like that especially if you're picking from a turn it's easier but like i just one, I think Jerry Judy really has a chance to be good. Like all of his underlying suggests, right? He has wide receiver one upside still. Um, just has really battled through injuries. Now, I think wide receiver two is like, even if he's not a one, like I feel really good about him as a two. But like getting Sutton in round nine, you can take a shot on a rookie that I love and Mims. You know, he scored really high, highly in the supermodel. Um, you got Dolchich in round 12. And I just love the schedule. Like this team, like if you look at it this year, um, over 50% of the shootouts, you know, projected right now by Vegas over at Superbook. So those are games where both teams score 23 points or more. And there's not that many of them. There's like 50 matchups like that. Over half of them are sitting in the AFC West, um, you know, in the NFC North. Like can those two, those two divisions play each other, obviously, this year um, in interconference play. But I just love the schedule across the board. There's so many opportunities. Now, the Broncos aren't slated for a bunch of shootouts, but they play the teams that are, right? You got the Chargers, who expected to be like a top four offense per Vegas. Obviously, you've got the Chiefs. Um, Raiders, not very good. But if Sean Payton can help them take a step forward, if Russell Wilson can be somewhat what we've seen in the past and not the rust that we saw last year, and then you look at the weapons, like, I love that one just because I feel like there's so many options. Even if you miss Judy in round four, there's still plenty, plenty of room. And I often get Russ like as my QB too. Um, and I'm able to stack him up. And it's easy to get him with the Chargers in week 17, right? You can, you can get a Quentin Johnston. You can get a Gerald Everett, you know, later in the draft. So I'm really loving the Broncos. And I just, I'm kind of leaning into the fact that like Russell Wilson was good not that long ago. And Sean Payton has been a really good coordinator when he's had a good quarterback. So I, I like the Broncos. I like Judy. I like all of those guys. I've gone back and forth on this so many times. I've gone, <laughs> you know, Russell Wilson, very long history of being an above average quarterback in the NFL, being really good for fantasy. Even last year when he was playing for like before, before it went into total chaos, meltdown, yelling at each other on the sidelines, everyone's injured. They, they, they were still um before kj hamler threw his hands up at him in the end right right there was still there was still it it was the colts game it was the colts game where it was basically like there's no uh coming back from that but they were you know judy was sort of serviceable sutton was not um at all you know i don't know i don't know what happened him maybe it's maybe it's the knee maybe he'll be better this year hard to say profile's not great on sutton but the adp's down so far now right and and again like yes. if you miss like you can turn around at any point with the broncos and it's like oh i'll just get a different one two rounds later yeah like, i love Mims. what i what i love about those late stacks is optionality where you can you can set it up with judy or sutton you can take russ naked having no one from that game yet and take dulcich mims or patrick tim patrick after. last round you can do too so yes yeah so i'm definitely uh i'm definitely with that one i i've actually like uh russ is that russ is one of my he's one of my quarterbacks i have over eight percent which means that i which okay, means nice. i like him um i've got him right now in best ball mania i've got him in 12 percent uh my i i have one more gross one before i start to get into expensive stuff which is uh matthew stafford and anyone 
So obviously part of that would be Cooper Cup. When you're taking Cooper Cup in round one, you're exceedingly likely to take Matthew Stafford. So I guess it's not that cheap when it's round one. But what I do really like, I think Higby obviously has the exact same he's Hunter Henry West, right? It's it's he's gonna be out there a ton. No one's taking him off the field. He generally will have one explosion game per year. Like he's got he'll have one game for uh I mean he had one last year when the Rams were terrible where he showed up with I think he had like 26 and a half uh half PPR. I, I love dude I, I have to say I love Higby late. Like he's one of my favorite tight ends to take. Like it's just kind of forgotten right he's going around like pick 150 and people forget last year he was actually on pace to have a better year. Like his targets per route run were 24%. But like once they got to the middle of the year and everyone was hurt on the offensive line, it, he had that spell awful. of like, yeah, he had like four games where he ran like 50% routes because he had to block the whole time. And that made his routes per drop back 70% for the season. But it really like with a healthy offensive line, it would have been like 80, 85%. He had a 20% target share in the games that he played last year, um, even, even though he was having to block. And I think he's the clear number two still on the team so sorry to jump in but i had like i know you're i'm i'm with it uh but what i like even more is that i am not a fan of van jefferson's game at all and i don't really think the Rams are either so if i i like both atwell and puka nuka i don't think that's how you actually say it nakua nakua puka nakua Puka uh, Nuka is better though. Puka Nuka is pretty good. <laughs> so I I like Atwell. I'm Team Atwell there because Atwell is the type of guy. He's sort of uh, I would compare him to Kadarius Tony, where I don't think he's gonna have a full route participation or anything. But you know, fantasy football nerds are gonna do the oh my god, look at his targets per route run because he's gonna get. I mean, he he did this last year when everyone started to get hurt. He was actually playing for like it's hard. Yeah, for he could do play. a Miko kind of thing. Yes, yes, and and round. Uh, eight McCall Hardman around 10 McCall Hardman, not really that enticing, but round 18 McCall Hardman is actually fairly enticing. And, you know, I don't think Sean McVay is a bad coach and I don't think he likes losing. I don't think he enjoys uh, how awful. I mean, I think the rumors of him retiring stuff last year was born out of how bad they were last year. I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to compete for their division or anything, but it's not going to be like, Oh, I'm watching John Walford play right now. You know, like I think it'll be, I think it'll be a step above that. So I, I, and Matthew my question Stafford, though is like, are we ahead. sure they can't compete? I, I agree with you that it would be on the outer edge of the outcomes, but like the team is not that different from the one that we had two years ago. Now losing Jalen Ramsey, obviously, like well, is, it you know the they're competing but... for them is going to be are the Seahawks is was the Seahawks last year a mirage or Agreed. are they are they legit? Because yeah. Yeah, if if the Seahawks and the Seahawks are are my next team, so we can talk about them here in a second. But if the Seahawks are legit, the Rams are the third best team in that division. If the Seahawks are, because remember last year we thought the Seahawks were going to be the worst team. We're, we thought yeah. the Seahawks were going to be thirty two. You know, and Drew Lock, baby. Right. Yeah, we thought they were going to be. We, we thought they were going to be dreadful. So uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a year delayed and maybe Gino uh, turns back into a pumpkin or whatever, but I do. And, and you also can take Zach Evans and Kyron Williams late as well. If you, if you want to go, uh, if you want to go in that direction, there's just a, I, I love back half of drafts. So your last eight picks, I love the ability to just generate more optionality. So you don't get locked out of anything. Agree. Yeah. Uh, all right, there we go. So you're, uh, we're, we're onto your third one now. Yeah. Uh, well, the Seahawks were, were my next one as well. I'll pivot and we'll, I'll talk about the Seahawks with you. Okay. Uh, the next one that I would go with, and I, I love the optionality we go with the Seahawks. You don't necessarily get that, um, you know, with this one. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of torn, but I wanted to talk about one that I, I feel like so many people just feel Aaron Rodgers is completely washed. And I think it's really funny because I mean, just in, you know, 2020 and 2021 we had a great quarterback um still does all the things really well again like if you look at the things that Mahomes and Josh Allen besides the running right but the ability to you know buy time in the pocket escape the pocket still find the deep throw down the field and he was doing this last year at the end once he had Christian Watson healthy he was able to do those things now he didn't have a full complement you know of weapons around him and I think you can make that same question here since he basically brought like most of Green Bay with him um but I love being able to get Garrett Wilson, you know, in round two. And then I'm fine. What I like is late 
late, you can get in the last pick, you can get Corey Davis. With your last pick, you can get McCole Hardman. Your second to last pick, you can get Tyler Conklin. So there's just a lot of options there. And I also think that the Browns are going to be a much better offense this year, right? So it gives you a lot of options in week 17. Um, you know, there's there's multiple spots, right, that you can tag on, you know, Browns in your draft as well, whether you want to go with the late running back with someone like Jerome Ford, whether you want to take, you know, a Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do there. But with for me, with Rodgers, that proven upside, he he offers something that really most of the other quarterbacks were, were trying to, to dial in to offset like the elites. Now, a lot of our strategy can be, hey, I'm going to have two, I'm going to have three, and that's how I'm going to offset the elite quarterback. There's a lot of ways to do this. But I think Rodgers truly is still one of the ones that is at least demonstrated that he's got that kind of ceiling. Um, so I, I think this will be a bounce back year for him. Um, I've noticed anytime I post anything about Rodgers, there seems to be a lot of people that are just like, oh, no, man, like he's done. He's washed. And it's totally possible. Right. I mean, it is possible. He's at the age 39. I don't you know. I don't think he's done. I don't, I don't think. I, I think he I think, you know, he'll he'll certainly be better than anything the Jets have had at quarterback in a long time. But I do think, so I think two things. One, I think he, his style of play worked really well when teams weren't consistently throwing 70% of the time. And, and, you know, like the, when you're playing these two high safeties, that is, is all the rage in the NFL right now, you either have to be completing a lot of underneath passes like very frequently and that was a problem in green bay because they didn't have anyone last year who was good after the catch so they, they weren't really able to adjust to that or you've got to be more comfortable and this is sort of what makes um, mahomes and josh allen and joe burrow so great is you really have to trust your guys in one-on-one -on -one situations or you got to make really tight window throws and obviously the the drawback to Rodgers' game has been, I mean, and it's also a positive, right? It goes both ways, is an unwillingness to generate turnover-worthy plays. Rodgers is like one of the greatest players in the history of all sports at avoiding negative plays. He never gets sacked. He never turns the ball over. So my concern isn't so much about his ability to, to generate offense. It's about the Jets sustaining long possessions and just being a high-volume, high-scoring team. Like, I think they can yeah. probably win a lot of games being – the 15th highest scoring off. We're kind of the opposite. I, I actually think Rodgers actually has the exact traits you want to overcome the type of things that we're seeing in the league now. Um, you know, if you look at the ability to beat the two high looks, a lot of it comes down to being able to one, read the disguise coverage, know like when you sure. have it and when you don't. And that that's something that Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow is freaking masterful at it. Um, and Rodgers still has that. Like he grades out really, really high in that area. He's also more likely to buy you that extra time. Um, I, I agree. You need to be able to sprinkle in the stuff underneath, um, but he's more likely to be able to buy you the time when you need. When you do get the third down and seven and you know you're getting the single high look, look because the NFL still loves to blitz. They like to go man coverage on third down and blitz. And Rodgers right. has the ability to still beat that. Now, I think the question is, like Garrett Wilson is a really, really good receiver. But is he really going to be a guy that's going to take the top off all the time? I think he has the speed, but he's not going to be a big contested catch guy, right? He's going to have to beat you over the top. But Lazard is kind of his possession guy. Well, I think um, I know, think the the top stretching is why they signed Hardman. I think that was. The I thought. agree. I agree. So I think you're going to see Hardman mix in um, on those kind of plays. You know, they can also use him as a trinket around the line of scrimmage. You know, there's a lot. Of, Hardman's never truly fulfilled his potential as a deep threat, right? It just no, hasn't, no, he is not. It hasn't manifested yet. So, I mean, I worry about it because he played with Mahomes. How could it not manifest yet? Like when you already got to play with Mahomes. Right. Um, but I agree. At least it does add that element of speed because really Corey Davis is, is really more like Alan Lazard. Like they're kind of the same thing, right? Um, so Hardman is that maybe the guy that can help stretch things out. So, yeah, we're a little different on Rodgers. Um, I also think he is willing to throw the contested stuff. Like we saw it with, he trusted Devonte Adams. Um, he's also one of the best back shoulder throwers we've ever seen. Like with Jordy Nelson, with Lazard, with Devonte Adams, like those guys all had that timing down. I just think where the turnover worthy play stuff comes from where it goes down so much is not so much because he's not willing to try to fit it in. It's that he's so freaking good at it. Like the, when he, right. the way he chooses to place the way he can one, a, the ability he has to place the ball, his ball placement is like, it's it's there with anyone like he's more accurate than Josh Allen right he's 
you know, I don't want to say he's more accurate than Mahomes. Like they're right there together. Plus, I don't want to get David. I don't want to get you steaming. Uh, you know, my, my Mahomes. I, I mean, guy. he probably if you if you had them do a, if if you had them do a contest of like you gotta you gotta uh you know throw a ball in these trash cans or these buckets or these nets or whatever. I don't know. Rogers would probably beat him. I would guess they both be damn good, and they can both do it on the move. That's right. that's the thing, right? Yeah, most I mean, quarterbacks lose that once they're moving. It's like it's like three point shooting in the NBA. Like a lot of these guys can shoot forty percent if they're not moving and they're completely stationary and they can set their feet. But what makes you really good is when you can be moving Dude, the shot. I'm so good in my front driveway when I'm playing against my kids who I'm taller right. than. And then when my exactly. brother who's six five comes over, I'm terrible. Like and he's in my face. I can't hit a three to save my life, Davis. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exa- it's a hundred percent. That's exactly it. Um, so. I actually, I mean, I Rogers is another guy. I mean, I've got him at eight percent, so it's not like I'm not drafting him, but it's because I'm taking him when I take Garrett Wilson. Like if I take Garrett Wilson, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I think I think it is harder. I will say that it's harder if you miss Garrett Wilson to be excited about taking Rogers. I I just hate Alan Lazard. I I just (laughs) am like I'm just like philosophical. You can't hate Alan Lazard more than me. I think Alan Lazard has me blocked. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's I don't hard to him. want to peel off Alan Lazard where he goes. Because now, don't get me wrong, Lazard goes at the spot where the wide receiver Cliff hits, right? right. It's basically yes. the Cliff hits, yes, and then Lazard's the next name that goes. But there's so, my challenge there, and not to get too far off on a tangent, is I like the backs. Like we're in a sweet spot right. for the backs in the draft. I'm like, man, I can't click on Alan Lazard over like Zach Charbonnet or somebody like that. It's really hard right. for me. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I, I 100%, I 100% agree. Um, so uh, I, I'm good with that. Uh, all right. The next up, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, it's just it's just such a good bet, man. You take Metcalf, you take Lockett. I, I take or I have Lockett ranked ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I take Smith and Jigba. I, I take Smith and Jigba on DraftKings. He goes about a round later on DraftKings than he does on Underdog. Uh, and I'll take JSN when he falls after ADP as well. Uh, I'll take Walker. I'll take Sharbs. Actually, I think Sharbs is he's my fourth most drafted running back. Sharbs is my number one. Gino's yeah. my number two quarterback. Yeah, Sharbs. I'm at twenty seven percent right now on Gino. I'm at uh fourteen and a half. There, I mean, we're mirrored. I got I got Gino at I got Gino at fifteen. I got Sharbs at seventeen percent. I yeah, just think they're those. I think they're insanely good clicks. And look, you you can take. And where are you on the receivers again, Davis? Sorry, I didn't hear if you said the percentage. So I. I have I have Lockett uh I have Lockett thirteen percent. Um, I probably don't have very much Metcalf. Yeah, I've got Metcalf at eight percent. So just when he's well, there, Metcalf is in a tough spot. Um, yeah, and know, I have Smith round. and Jigba. I have Smith and Jigba eight percent too. So it's like I like okay. those guys, but I like Lockett the most relative to what he costs. And Gino is exactly what you would want out of a guy where he goes. Right, you can sell yourself on a floor. There's not anyone on that roster he's getting benched at, and you can also sell yourself on a ceiling. And uh, the the only thing I don't love is that their week 17 game could be bad. If the Steelers, if the Steelers play like they did last year, if Pickett doesn't get any better, their week 17 game could be kind of a snooze fest. Yeah, I I agree, but it's so hard to predict what that's going to look like, you know, week 17. So it's at least we can tell ourselves the story of, well, I like Deontay Johnson. I like George Pickens and I like Pat Fryermuth. So maybe if Pickett can take that step forward, but I have a lot of uh, Deontay stacked with one of the wide receivers for the Seahawks. Because Johnson, Deontay's a guy I don't mind taking, you know, a little bit earlier than ADP. Just the way the wide receiver tier gets. Like, I, I think he should be, you know, around five pick based on comparing him to where everybody else is going. Like, he's a he's a clear number one wide receiver as far as target earning ability. The question is just, like, how much upside is there in yardage and touchdowns? We have a lot of guys going in round five that we could say that about. Like, I, I'd rather have Deontay Johnson than Chris Godwin. Right. I'd rather have Deontay Johnson than Jackson Smith and Jigba who are having to take in round five. And I love, I've still managed to keep getting my JSN exposure just because I like, I'm, pr- I'm probably being, uh, I'm probably just too high on JSN. I, I was hoping ADP would come down, but it hasn't. But yeah, I agree. There is a chance for snooze fest, but I, at least we have some kind of positive story we can tell ourselves about maybe for the Steelers. I mean, yeah, you could just say, you know, I don't know. Maybe they play Jalen Warren more, Najee Harris a little bit less. They get a little on tempo. Pickett improves a little bit. Like you can, you can, uh, you can tell yourself, you can tell yourself a story there. Um, so yeah, I, but the the Geno thing, it's like if I lose that one, whatever. I just, I think, like I think if, if 
I was going to do rankings that I had to draft off of, I think I'd make Geno quarterback 12 and he's quarterback 16. So I would just probably, I would get him a ton. Yeah. I've got him right now as he's one of my guys that I'm definitely way higher on than consensus. I've got Geno at QB 12 on the fantasy life ranks. Yep. Yeah. So that seems, that seems right about right. All right. We are, we are getting a little bit, pricey here what is your uh your your second favorite or second uh second most expensive yeah so the next one that i would go with uh coming back i I mentioned the browns earlier um but i i really love getting to sean watson um and round seven Um, watson again kind of like what i talked about with rogers yeah there's questions but he's one of the only guys that you can get after round six where he's shown that he could actually offset Josh Allen. He has shown that he could actually hang with Patrick Mahomes if things click, right? I have no clue if Deshaun Watson can get back, setting all the off-field stuff aside, right? I don't know. Like, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him. Like, the contract that he signs, a lot of pressure. The off-field stuff's a lot of pressure. And for him, if he can't get back, like, it's probably a mental thing. Like, and I can't tell you, like, really. I mean, we we've seen closers in baseball. We've seen golf you know, pros, like all of a sudden just get the yips and they can never overcome it. Like, I don't understand it, um, but it happens to people. So like, that would be the thing with Watson because physically he's in his prime, you know, uh, mentally he should be in his prime as far as the experience he's had in the NFL and understanding defenses and those sort of things, like all that stuff should be clicking for him, but you can, you know, I'm not crazy Davis about Amari Cooper at the end of round three. I think a lot of like last year, Amari's a guy that we were getting in like round six, which probably was a tad too cheap. This is probably a tad too expensive, but once you get to that range, right, and you're looking at Keenan Allen, you're looking at Christian Watson, I, I think he's tiered right, you know, for where he's going. So I don't mind grabbing him, but I love getting Elijah Moore in round eight. So I, I can go, if you're picking down on the end on underdog, like you can go to Sean Watson um, at the end of round seven, and then you can turn around and you grab Elijah Moore like almost every time. Um, you can get Donovan Peoples-Jones for cheap. I'm not crazy about Peoples-Jones. Like, I think he's a below-average target earner, but he does he, – he has an opportunity to get air yards. Um, and if you miss on him or if you just want another, like, you can totally take Cedric Tillman with the last pick of your draft. Um, and Njoku, like, is a, he's in a sweet spot. Like, if I don't have Watson, I'm not really drafting Njoku because it's just a weird but spot But he's in the, the worst round in the draft. It's like you don't want to – Yeah, it's a flat – yeah. You can't, yeah, you have to give up on the running backs, you know, and and if I don't have Watson, it's like, well, fine, give me, you know, if, give me whichever one slides, I'd be willing to take Evan Ingram, like I'd rather wait three rounds and take Dalton Schultz, I'd rather wait five rounds like we talked about and take Higby, than spend that pick on a Joku, but if I have Watson, then that changes the calculus, you know, a little bit more for me. Um, and from that end, like you can often start off with Garrett Wilson, right as your second pick. Um, and I'm not as big as worrying so much about correlating like your week 17 with just with your early players. It's more about the guys that you're getting late, but it's a nice bonus, right? If you know you get Garrett Wilson and that's week 17 and you've got the Deshaun stack, um, that can work out really well. So I, I love it. I think Watson gives you the upside for 500 rushing yards. He gives you the upside for over 4,000 passing yards. He's got weapons, the word out of Cleveland. The rumors are, well, the rumors early in the offseason were, hey, they're they're moving away from this run-heavy attack. And then like all the offensive moves so far this offseason have now matched up with that, which give it some credence, right? You move, you let Kareem Hunt still sitting out there. You move on. Well, Dearness Johnson was a fine passing down back, but they only they don't have all the running backs anymore. They go right. trade for Elijah Moore. They draft they didn't really have high draft picks. So third rounders expensive for them. And they spent that on Cedric Tillman. So I feel like there's just a lot of opportunity for the Browns to be a pass first oper- uh, pass first offense. And we know what Watson can do if his mind is right. Correct. I mean, he, there, there was a time not that long ago where if you, uh, if you went to profootballreference.com and sorted by career adjusted yards per attempt, Deshaun Watson was first. He was number one in the history of the league, most efficient and moving the ball down the field on a lot of terrible teams. Uh, and you know, the sample from last season for the Cleveland Browns was like pretty poisoned, right? I mean, like uh, Watson, in and out uh, like their offense wasn't that good to begin with and they play i think they played three insane uh weather games where it was like no like no one could have competed he's, under those conditions he's the clearest arbitrage play in my mind on trying to get up to patrick mahomes performance 
Is it likely? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute beast. So like most years, Patrick Mahomes is still going to beat Deshaun Watson out. But to get some sort of comparable type of production and where you're getting it, like I, I think Watson is mispriced right now. Um, I think people, I tend to lean more into what you just mentioned. We've got the long sample. I lean more into that than the poison, you know, last six games of last year. And like, just for example, if we got to see uh, Deshaun Watson play for three weeks and he looked like Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, and you know, we did a redraft. Where would he be going? uh, Yeah. Underdog, underdog will do their best ball resurrection. And Deshaun Watson could very easily be the fifth highest quarterback or whatever, you know, he could go, he could go ahead of Herbert uh fields and burrow pretty easily i think um i like him over trevor lawrence at his cost i like him yeah you know i mean for sure so lawrence is lawrence is hard for me to draft because i don't really like ridley and i don't really like kirk i do like what is up with ridley i don't want to get on a tangent but like it is pretty crazy like it's i I like ridley but that's a very expensive price tag well, I mean, it's just because after Metcalf, you just throw your hands up at wide receiver, and who knows? You yep. know, Ridley, Ridley, Debo has been two different guys in his career. Amari is like, you know, whatever. DeAndre Hopkins somehow has gotten more expensive after getting cut. Christian Watson, who had like four and a half really good games last year, is the wide receiver twenty. I like Watson. We can talk about. I, I I do too. I mean, I take Watson. I I I mean, also I love. Because a lot of the time at that spot in the draft, you don't know exactly what your team is going to look like, and drafting Watson gives you. Lots of 23% target share in healthy games. Now, again, the, the the issue with Watson is you are leaning on a small sample, right? So right. the same reason I'm saying, hey, you guys are idiots. Like, what are you doing with Deshaun Watson? It was a small sample. Look at the rest of his career. I'm like leaning into it for Watson. I'm like, right. well, I mean, it's all we have uh, because most people will cite. They'll be like, oh, wow, 15% target share. I'm like, well, I mean, those are in games he left with injury, right? Or didn't have a full-time role. So you got to look at either targets per route run, or you're going to have to isolate down to the games where he was actually healthy. Like you've got to do one of those two things to actually get a good profile on Watson. Anyway, I don't want to derail us. Uh, Ian will tell you, I can really get going on Christian Watson and my love. Yeah, I, I do. I, I like him. I like Dobbs too. The one, the one, like I, I, I actually would not be surprised if Jordan Love is like kind of serviceable for fantasy this season. I have quite a bit of love just because I draft Watson. Um, right. And then I will come back with Dobbs. I will. I, I like Jaden Reed over, over Dobbs, but the playing time seems to be leaning clearly in favor of Dobbs. Like Dobbs is a wide receiver four or five profile, like well, the way I do my stuff and my model. Um, but still like it was, a, it was year one and for where he was drafted, like I think he overperformed, you know, our expectations, you know, as a target earner. He definitely did. Um, okay. So my second one, uh, my my second most expensive is very relative to this year's draft board, and it is the four or five turn of taking uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, and then doing finishing that with Quentin Johnston and uh, Gerald Everett. Love it. Not not that I I don't love Mike Williams. I don't love Keenan Allen in a total vacuum. I don't go into drafts saying, oh, I can't wait to take Keenan Allen. I can't wait to take Justin Herbert. I I like them just fine. But what I do like is that one, you just you get that completeness of your team done, right? Like you're like, okay, checked off. I I got a I got a week 17 stack. I got a teammate correlation. Uh, there is no to me, I don't think there's any performance risk with Keenan Allen or Mike Williams when they're available. I expect them to be very good. Whereas you could you could be like, well, Hopkins cut age, you know, whatever, Judy, the situation could be awful. Um you know, Watson, who we both like, but, you know, was an extremely small sample, yada, yada. I just, Keenan Allen is going to go out, get his 16 and a half half point PPR points per game. You're going to get your four spike weeks a year out of Mike Williams when he's healthy and available. And Quentin Johnson is the the little reward you get to give yourself. Uh, you know, it could be, it could be anything. It could even mm-hmm. be a boat. Uh, I love the Quentin Johnston reward, to be honest. Like I, I'm with you. Like, I think I have two shares of Mike Williams. I, I'm going to have to just get some more just to do it. I, I click I Keenan over him every time. Every time. Yeah. Mike Williams, uh, we saw one good year. Really, we know what he is. He's a 16, 18% target share guy. You're hoping for big air yards. And and he he just happens to catch more of them than not a certain he's, year. And you score a lot of touchdowns. Char- he's Chargers Gabe Davis, basically. He, dude, I was just saying this the other day. That is so funny. I was like, hey, I'm going to take Mike Williams in round eight. His name's Gabe Davis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but, dude, the thing I love about the Chargers, um, you know, 
looking at what Vegas thinks. So going over to Superbook, and I've just like mapped all this stuff out, like over uh, all the different games for the season. But they have the they have the second most shootouts right now on the schedule, behind only Kellen the Moore's their offensive coordinator. Yeah, and they were a throw first offense anyway. But they've got all the weapons. Um, you can mix Eckler in with these teams. Eckler, yes. you can get the you know, I mean, you can Eckler, folks. Don't be a complete slave to ADP. If you want to set this kind of team up, just take Eckler at six or seven. It's fine. Like come back yeah, and hit two fine. receivers after that. Like don't, that's one tip I would give people. Like if you want to build some unique lineups, remember we, that's why I create tiers. What tiers have turned into today. I don't even know like why people talk about tiers, but like for me, it's like, Hey, I basically have free reign here. I, I want to use ADP to maximize my picks, but if things are close, like, and I want to do something, especially in a contest where I've got to be in the top you know, top, 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 top percent, like to win the big money that we want. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to trade, to try things like this. It doesn't mean that, you know, you reach your whole draft, but like, fine, take Eckler at six, take Eckler at seven. And you can set this stack up like that Davis is talking about, but man, seven shootouts, right. Where both teams are scheduled, were are projected over 23 points, um, you know, for the chargers. And they're, they're one of the most improved, um, teams for the Chargers up 29% versus last year, according to Vegas. So I really love them. Well, I mean, they, I, I think we're going to get the answer to, um, you know, what happens when you don't build the entire Justin Herbert offense out of uh, check downs to Austin Eckler, right? I mean, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore. They have him at 5.6 points more per game. Yeah. And <laughs> they should be. Last year. Kellen and Moore people forget, is that good. Well, people forget too, Justin Herbert played injured, dude. His rib was yeah. hurt last year. So sorry yeah. to cut you off. Go. Well, I just, I think that the, the one, the Cowboys losing Kellen Moore and the chargers gaining him. Like I I've heard this argument, like, Oh, the Chargers scored all these points anyways. Like how much different could it be? I mean, they could lead the NFL in points. I think probably with Kellen Moore calling the plays if everyone stays healthy. Like they could, they could be if, if Quentin Johnson is good and Keenan and Mike, you know, let's say they each miss two games instead of they each miss eight games, you know, if we, and uh, like, I don't know, you know, Jalen Guyton running around out there. He was hurt all last year. Like the, the, the clear out guy in that offense, Um, you know, Josh Palmer, and, like they had to lean on for like six weeks. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to be leaning on, you don't want to be leaning on Josh Palmer. Um, It's not, it's not the situation. It's not the situation that you want. Like I, yeah. it's hard to be bullish on the chargers. Cause I hate the chargers, but it does feel, uh, <laughs> Like, I don't know. For, for your is, pocketbook, it can be good, though. Is it is it impossible that the combination, uh, like, exclude Chase from this, but is it is it possible that Keenan, Mike, Gerald Everett outscores Higgins, Mixon, Burrow, Irv Smith? Like, totally possible. I would, yeah, I would, I would maybe, yeah. Like, that, that feels really possible to get more points from that combination of guys and then just call Chase and Eckler a wash, basically. Like, it feels feels like that's pretty possible um so i i i I, and obviously you can't get this one all the time like as you go up the board it's harder to get it's more expensive but i do um i do really like the uh, i do really like the herbert stack it's the one challenge of when we take keenan and you leave williams and then like the team you know say you take keenan feels like it happens at a hundred percent clip you leave you leave the other one and the other guy's picking before you in the sixth round and then he just and they stack it yeah (laughs) it's miserable that's what sucks yeah uh, all right, man. Number one, most expensive. What do you got? Yeah, for me, and this kind of comes back to the criteria that I talked about when we started. Um, but it's really Burrow, um, with, with Jamar Chase. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for it. I mean, obviously they're great players, so we love them. Um, but Joe Burrow, yeah, he doesn't run, but I think you can argue like he and Patrick Mahomes could be dueling for who's going to be. He the runs top a guy. little bit. He runs. He runs a he, little bit. But yeah, yeah. not. But what I, I just mean, he's not like the the guys that you're taking like Hertz and Allen. You know, he's not yes. matching that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he ran more last year, a season removed from the ACL MCL injury, and so he he can do some nice things there. But I like this one a lot because it allows me, you know, in round two and three, I don't have to spend a pick on the elite quarterback, and I think I'm still getting an elite quarterback plus. When it comes back to me at that round four or five turn, and I've managed to get Burrow on 50% of my teams that I've drafted Jamar Chase. Now, I've missed. What's funny is I've missed whenever I've taken Higgins with Chase. I've tried it six times. I've whiffed on Burrow every time. I, For whatever reason, he just goes in front of me um, to someone that 
honestly, I'll look at their teams and there's no correlation or anything. They just right took always it, it, it happens. So whatever. Um, you just you got to pivot right and do something different. Um, but when it comes back to me in round four, I think it gets really tricky there because it's like, okay, I love Drake London as a talent. I, I have if Drake London played with Justin Herbert, like I'd probably have him in my top six wide receivers, but he doesn't sure. play with Justin Herbert, right? So the way I tier guys, target earning is still the number one driver to scoring fantasy points. But then once you tier guys that earn similar targets into the kind of offense that are in and the quarterback they have, right? That's where you start to get top of your tier versus bottom of your tier. So from that perspective, like I love the talent for Drake London, but I have questions about the situation. I like Terry McLaurin's talent, but I have questions about his quarterback. Um, you know, there's just so much going on there. And to get to take a guy like Burrow at the end of round four, or at the, a lot of times I'll look at the guy behind me. And if he's already got, uh, you know, say he took Mahomes or he took Jalen Hurts and Devonta at the, the two, three turn, like you can still just go ahead and pick your favorite player, right. In round four. And then you come back with Burrow in five. So, um, I like being able to offset like what's happening in that range. I don't, I don't ever feel great Davis. I do it, but I don't feel great about having to take London and McLaurin having to take London, you know, and a Chris Godwin. Like I just, you know, it's just, it's got an icky feel to it. So if I can make that burrow and, you know, one of those wide receivers, I feel like you're kind of offsetting a little bit of a flats where the tiers flat. Right. And so if I can do that with a quarterback, I really love it. And then of course, um, I'm, I'm not this big Irv Smith truther. Like he's never really shown us anything, but the ADP is fine. Like you can get your tight end to go with him at pick 150. I'm also not big on Tyler Boyd at his ADP, but when I have Burrow, I will take him when he slides. Um, and a lot of times the the Boyd drafter is the is is the team that has Burrow. Um, so you know you can benefit from that. So not as many of the late late stacks with this one, right? That you can really add up. Like Irv Smith is the easy one to get. But I just really love getting that elite quarterback whenever I'm at a spot where I don't necessarily want to go back-to-back receivers, and I certainly don't want to be taking a running back at the 4-5 turn. Yes. Yeah. No, you you really don't. Uh, I mean, my number one I, – I, I have no issue with this. It's, uh, it's, it's just it's the other side of my number one, which is the Kelsey Mahomes start. Uh, the thing I like about the Kelsey Mahomes start is you can add a running back to it, on either side, right? So say, let's say you, uh, let's say Tony Pollard falls. So you take him, you wait a couple picks. Sometimes you get Mahomes there in the third. Sometimes you don't, or you can take Mahomes at ADP. And, and I was going to ask you this. How often are you just grabbing Mahomes at ADP? Never. Trying to let it never. slide. I, 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 try and pu- I, I try and push it every time now. Cause I think uh, I try uh, to as well. I think enough times over I'm, I'm 39 drafts in a best ball mania for, I think enough times over my next 111 drafts, I will yeah. I will get him after ADP that it'll be worth it and I'll get the amount of him that I want. Uh, and I don't jump on Kelsey either. I just take him when he's, the, when, if I'm picking at five and he's the top guy, I take him. If I'm at seven and he's the top, I just I just let the room dictate that for me. Uh, but the obviously the best part about Mahomes is that the other corresponding pieces you can just get for free, right? Sky Moore, free, Rice, free, Richie James, free, MBS is free. You can correlate it with Tyler Boyd and uh, Herb Smith Jr. if you want. You can take Chase Brown. You can take Travion Williams for those for those Bengals uh, Week 17 stuff. Actually, I think you could probably argue that those guys are really correlated to a good Week 17 game between there because the Bengals Where are, are you on uh, Tony Davis? I uh, exclusively with Mahomes, just no okay. interest, no uh, interest in, <laughs> no interest in raw dogging, uh, Kadarius yeah. Tony at like wide receiver 36. I mean, I, obviously I want to believe I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Fox Mulder with, uh, with Kadarius Tony. Like I full on want to believe I, I want him to have 79% route participation, you know, 167 <laughs> targets, just completely I'm go nuclear. I, I say he's I, in a tough I, spot there with the, the the other he part is. is that opportunity cost. Like, cause I'm sitting there, I'm looking at Traylon Burke. Sometimes it's Deontay Johnson. And Jordan Addison. There's other guys that I, lots of guys. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, uh, you know, it's just, so I'm with you. I've only done it with, I think I have one share that's not Mahomes and I, he slid like a round and a half or something. So, yes. Yeah. That's, that's exclusively it. Um, I mean, you know, him and Kelsey are not super complimentary. Like they kind of were going to operate in the same sort of the fields, uh, you know, but the, the fact of the matter is, Every given week, when you go go to your projection side of choice, sort by 90th percentile, 
and scroll down. Mahomes is going to be at the top. It just, it, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if Jalen Hurts, maybe Jalen Hurts is close, right? And, and AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are AJ Brown. Yeah. AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. I view it as similar to your, the, the problem with Hurts is there's no backdoors. Your, your backdoor is Dallas Goddard or Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> and that's like, that's like it. You know, I, I'm not taking questions. Yeah, you kind of got to try to thread. I've, and I've tried. You probably hit this. I have not yet, but I've, I've tried the double tap. Like it, once you get to pick four, like it, pick one or two, I'm taking Jamar. I'm taking, you know, Jefferson. I think once you get to pick three or four, again, going back to tears, it's like, I'm usually going to take a guy like Tyree Hill or Cooper cup, but yeah. I will mix in an AJ Brown. I'll mix in a Stefan Diggs just to try to let it come back and come past me and then grab Hertz coming back around in three or grab Josh Allen coming back. Allen, you can do a lot. Now if you want to take Diggs up at the top a couple of times, you can get Allen usually come back around to you. Um, but like with, the Eagles one, I've I've tried it multiple times now where I'm like, okay, great. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. And you would think like that would be enough to be like, whoever's behind you, ah, I'm going to do something different. No, they've still taken Jalen Hurts. So it just hasn't worked out for me yet. Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, I think there's probably an argument taking A.J. Brown up to like fifth. I, I think. Yeah, I, think, I agree. Yeah. And and it makes it easier for you to try and get that uh, that Jalen Hurts team, which is, uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I want to have, if, if, if I could have 150 teams and they were all, and they all had Mahomes on them, you know, and, and various correlative pieces, I'd probably just take it. I'd probably well, just be like, yeah, I want Kelsey that. by, well, and it's not just Mahomes, it's Kelsey by himself. Like has been such a huge player for advance rate for regular season advance rates for three years in a row for, you know, best ball. So, I mean, if you've had, have, if you've had Kelsey on your team, you've had a really good shot of making the playoffs just by having Kelsey. Yeah, so I mean he's I, gonna I score. Think... He's gonna score a hundred more points than every other tight end, probably. It just is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. That was awesome. Thank you so much for joining the program. Tell the people what they can expect to find from you over on Fantasy Life and uh, where they can listen to podcasts, any of that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can go over to fantasylife.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter. That's five days a week right now. Once we get closer to the season, it'll turn to seven days. You guys probably you hanging out with Davis. You know who this guy named uh, Pete Overzet is. Like, so he's one of the authors for the newsletter. Myself, you got Ian Harditz. So you like cool stuff like that coming to your inbox, whether it's player takes, latest news, draft strategy stuff. We're taking care of all that. Uh, of course, my rankings, my tiers, all those things are up um, over on the site. Like, and I, I clearly lay out with people like, here are my criteria for my tiers. Like, here's what correlates to fantasy points. Here's what things are sticky year over year. Here are the things that are not. And so that's how I really group, you know, the players. Um, so I think that I get a lot of good feedback on that. So folks can go check that out. And then, yeah, podcasts, man, they're everywhere. I do one with Marcus Grant. I have one with Ian Harditz. Ian Harditz is doing them with Chris Allen. We've got Kendall Valenzuela. So you can check that out over on the YouTube channel or, or anywhere that you just listen to podcasts. You can find our stuff. So uh, super excited. Stoked for the season. I appreciate you having me on, Davis. Beautiful. Thank you for hopping on. Everyone, make sure that you are following Dwayne on Twitter at Dwayne McFarland. Make sure you are signed up over at Fantasy Life, and uh, I will be back. I believe our next episode is going to be the beginning of some Dynasty Rankings conversation with uh, Karain and Jacob Sanderson, and I'll see you guys back for that. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.